podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. a Celtic state of mind. Thank you for joining us on Boxing Day 2023. As a big man from Australia used to say, we never stop. I'm Paul John Dykes. Today I'm joined by Kevin McCluskey and also Jerry Taylor. It's phenomenal to see you guys. Merry Christmas, first and foremost. Hope you had a massive, superb Christmas meal. Stuffed your faces and today you're feeling all a little bit guilty. But the football, hopefully will make us feel a little bit better today. Kev McCluskey, how are you, my friend? Doing good, Paul. Doing very well, aye. Um, let's just start off with the season's greetings. Happy Christmas to you, Paul. I haven't seen you for a couple of weeks. So, you know, happy Christmas. Hope it was a good one. Jerry. I think the last time I saw you, me and you almost got kicked off a, a show that we were doing together because uh, there were a few dodgy comments getting thrown around that we were laughing away at. So great to see you again, my man. And I hope you've had a great Christmas. And likewise to all the viewers and subscribers and everyone that supports the channel. Likewise, you know, happy Christmas to everyone and genuinely hope you've had a great time. Ah, 100, 100% everybody in the comments section. Uh, please get the comments in. If you haven't already seen the Celtic lineups, then um, I'm going to read them out in a second. What do you make of the Celtic lineup? It's not a, a massive surprise. Jerry is uh, lagging a wee bit, so he might come and go, and that's no problem at all. But what we are doing today is we are looking at Celtic versus Dundee. It's at Dens Park. It's a Boxing Day clash. And uh, earlier on, Kevin, I was looking at Brendan Rodgers' record against Dundee. Um, and he has now played 10 games, one nine, drawn one. Magnificent record. Is it going to continue today? Well, let's hope so. He's got no choice about that one. It has to continue. Because our form's been so up and down that we've basically thrown away an eight-point lead over the last month or so. So, um, aye, that run's got to continue. But if he's got that, you know, there's a uh, rugby park where he goes there and that's that's the bogey ground. It's a sticky one. We seem to come a cropper. Hopefully, Dens Park seems to be that other way around where we managed to get the results. So, it could be the perfect place to go on a day that we need to get the result. And it's quite apt that it is Boxing Day today because I've just been joined in the room by Pierlo the Cat, who's decided he wants to chew away at my right arm so if you see me screaming in a wee minute or two, there's your reason why. You'll be boxing with Pirlo the cat. Uh, we've all had a pet that we've named after a footballer. Uh, my cat was called Bobo uh, because he was an absolute menace and he never left you alone. And then he would go th- always go through with the studs up. Jerry Taylor, you're back. Uh, you're back. And we're going to be talking about the team lineups in a wee second, Jerry, and how we feel about it. I was just saying to Kev there, that Brennan Rodgers has got a phenomenal record against Dundee under whatever circumstances, be that cup games, league games, home or away. And there really is a necessity that that continues today. There is no margin for error, Jerry. It would appear that we are lagging with you. Yeah, my thing's going all glitchy in that, so I'll, I'll just keep talking. And if, if I start, if it's lagging and that, just cut me off. It's the gremlins. So, yeah, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to hopefully keeping this record going I've said in the group chat I'm a bit 
I would always be confident going into these. It's just that the stop-start kind of method that we've we've applied recently is it's not filled me full of hope. But I'm positive because it's Boxing Day, everyone's happy, and I just think we've we've got a point to prove today because it can't be any more of this stop-start. I said it was going to be like that till January, but I'm hoping it's just I don't know, keep a bit of faith today and going off the back of the last result, we get we get a good couple of goals today and don't leak any. I don't want any more nervousness. I don't want another half where we're not we're not uh, creating as many chances. So fingers crossed. I've been put off because all this glitching stuff. So if that sounded a bit dodgy, my statement there, that was me, that wasn't even the glitch. It sounded absolutely fine. I mean, when you look at the, the game at Celtic Park, um, we win three nothing. But it was nothing each at half time, Kev. It was nothing each at half time against Dundee. It was one of those games where you're watching us going from side to side, possession, 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 without really having a cutting edge. And I want to run through uh, the three areas of the team, defence, midfield and uh, attack, because I think there's talking points for all three areas. Uh, we're going to tell you the lineups first of all, for anyone who's not yet seen the start in 11, it's uh, Joe Hart and Goals, Alistair Johnson, Carter Vickers, Scales, Taylor, McGregor, O'Reilly, Bernardo, Maeda, Palma and Kyogo. On the bench, it's Bain, Yang, Turnbull, Oakwan Forest, Ralston Welsh, and Mikey Johnston. And for uh, the Docks, Dundee, it's Carson, Kerr, Beck, Shaughnessy, McGee, Baka, Yoko, Cameron, McKeown, Rodden, Botang, and Donnelly. That's how they will line up. Dundee are having a decent season, Kev. We, I mean, we cannot be complacent today. No, we can't. I think they're sitting in mid table, kind of seventh place or something like that. So for them, a side that's just come up. That's you know that's a pretty decent season for them. Um, I'm trying to cast my mind back to the first game that we played them, and to be perfectly honest with you, I think it's one of those nondescript games that just doesn't live long in the memory. You know, we as you say had loads of possession, passed the ball around from side to side, but in the first half that we never looked like scoring, if I remember rightly. And then we got a penalty at the start, penalty at the start of the second half. That once we get the goal. It settles everything down, and from there on in, it's it's kind of easy street. But I mean, that's with the backing of sixty thousand fans at home away today. Again, you need you need the support to come out and give us that backing from the word go. Um, we cannot afford to lose it. Can't afford to drop any points in this one today. No. Nope. Um, and yeah, I, I go with what Jerry said. You know, we absolutely need a clean sheet because we've been. We haven't been uh, haven't been finishing games at the other end of the park, and we've always looked that we bit nervous defensively. So we need to have a, a solid base today that we can build on and and actually trust and take us forward. And if we can get a fast start, you know, it's the first goal. If we get that, we'll be fine. But yeah, Dundee are a pretty decent team. They're handy. I think the boy McCowan, I think it is, has been playing more in their number ten role. I've read some decent things about him. So they've got an attacking threat of their own. So it won't be an easy game. But, I mean, honestly, we'll say it a lot. And I know the performances haven't proven it. But if you look at that team, man for man, better than Dundee by a country mile. 100%. We should be going up to Dens Park. We shouldn't be having any fear about this game whatsoever. But we do. But we, but we really shouldn't. An early goal kills the nerves, settles us down. And then we, we take the three points from there. But we need that in the goal. Because the otherwise we, we become a bit passive and we become, yeah, the tempo's not there. 
it's a tempo. And I, I think that it's been hard yeah. uh, in the past for us to then get into that that kind of groove once we start slow. We've seen it against St. Johnston. Brendan Rodgers gave them a rocket at half-time. We've seen it against Hearts. We couldn't get the tempo right. It was slow. It was laborious. And after half an hour, you're looking at that game thinking, we're not going to score in the next hour of this game. And we kind of lost a wee bit of faith in, in the style of play and in the, in the tempo that we were playing at. So I do think that Kevin's right, Jerry. We need to we need to really hit this game um, at a pace and at a tempo from the the first minute. I mean, it sounds almost cliched, but Celtic are a side that I just think that if they get into this kind of groove, they can't get out of it. Um, and some of the players that are missing, I get it. Um, Hatati, I want to talk about him and what we are missing from peak Hatati is you know being able to to make things happen quickly, being able to have that incisive pass, take chances, lose the ball. But in doing so, Jerry, taking chances and when it does come off, you're cutting through the defence and you're creating uh, goal-scoring opportunities. We've missed him massively this season, haven't we? Oh, hugely. And see, when you look back to pre-season and beginning of the season when we were questioning him, you're like, how stupid are we, by the way? Because we have missed him a lot. And do you know what, Kev? I think what's needed, see when we're going against these low blocks, right? We are struggling with them. That's why I think we've played better in Europe at times. But we need some delicious football today, big man. That's how we're going to unlock it. We're going to need that. We're going to need the, the fast passing. We're going to need to just something special to unlock that defence early and then to really put the pressure on. Because like you say, when we get that first goal, oh, don't worry, Jags, if we get that first goal early, it's, it's usually a good, a good sign we're going to win the game. But when we start, we hit that 30-minute mark, 35 minutes, I've been starting to feel myself getting more and more nervy. I, it's been, let's be honest, it's been a tough watch the start of this season, especially the past yeah. couple of months. we just, the blueprint of every match pretty much the same, not been able to break these teams down. But look, you're always going to see Boxing Day as like a, an exciting day, fresh start, let's, let's go for it. So I'm hoping for bigger things today. And here, Big Quan's on the bench. Remember, he was my shout for one to watch this season. <laughs> so, but who knows? That's a second game in a row. Yeah, he's a second game in a well, row. He's been on the bench. I was in Panto, right? So luckily, I missed the Hearts game because I was on stage at the time getting custard pies put in my face. And I tell you what, it was much more fun than what you guys had to endure because I've, I've not even watched the game back. I've not even asked many questions about it because I saw enough online. Um, so, yeah, we need to definitely get that all out of our system and just just play the way we know we can play the day. No fear. Like Kev says, man to man, we should, we should with all due respect, we should batter them, yeah. whether we will or not. Let's see. Absolutely, I agree with that. Um, bizarrely enough, because it is a it is silly season, they do say that, uh, we've got uh, Rangers fans on the comment section, so if you're popping up, to try and wind Celtic fans up. They'll all be pinged right out of the chat room. But, um, I mean, on Boxing Day, no less, the obsession Don't is spend it with real. your families, then spend it with us. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, then spend it with your family. See, exactly. See, while they're on, I want to ask them a question, and then I'm being serious about it. Like, we've only had a couple of losses, right? We've pretty much won of them over the past 10 years. How do you guys cope with, like, nine years of that? Like, Fair play to you. I mean, we've had a wee taste of it. Obviously, we won't again for much longer, but I don't know how you did it. Congratulations. 
It's 23 trophies domestically out of 33 Celtic have now won. Um, so, yeah, you get a little bit of a tickle and you think, oh, Boxing Day, let's go and try and wind up Celtic fans. It's, it is obsession. Remember the old obsession adverts? Um, that's what always comes to my mind when uh, they, they ping into the comment section. Paddy Lavery, hope everyone had a joyful Christmas Day now onto the serious stuff. Hail, hail. It's uh, always a pleasure to hear from you and everybody else who's in the comment section. Thanks for joining us today. Durban Colchie, we really need Maida back in to his best today. I, I agree with that. Uh, when you look at that Celtic lineup, Kevin, uh, barring Hatati and Abada, that is the strongest we've got from the squad um, to field today. So I'm going back to your point that you said there. We have got enough on paper uh, to, to win this comfortably, but that's not how you win football games. We've seen players playing out of form. We've seen them struggling maybe to adapt to the new gaffer's way playing. Um, and also another worry for me has been the lack of impact from the bench. Um, and I'm looking at that bench with Quan, etc. And no disrespect to him, I would have much rather we started to bleed players in um, when we were playing free-flowing football and there's a momentum and a confidence. When I'm looking at that bench, I want every single player on that bench, if called upon, to make a difference. So things like that do worry me a wee bit, uh, Kev, to be fair. Um, but I'm, gonna, I'm still talking about the Hatati position since he's been injured. You know, uh, Bernardo, who starts today, um, has had game time, as has home, Turnbull and Awata. But uh, I don't think Rodgers has settled on his, uh, his ideal replacement. But Bernardo seems to be a favourite of Rodgers. What do you make of him? Because I've not quite figured out Bernardo. I, I watch him and I see a lot of the stuff he does off the ball, being very, very helpful to McGregor and O'Reilly defensively, um, apparently most of, the majority of his passes go backwards, going to be looking out for that today, um, and I, I, you know, so that screams out to me defensive midfielder, and I'm not sure we need that when we're playing Livingston or Dundee, what's your take Kev? Yeah, I've um, I've not made my mind up on him either uh, I was really impressed, with the first time we really got to see him was against Atletico Madrid and I was hugely impressed with him in that game because he kind of came in from the cold. He came on for Hattati, was it not, after just five minutes? And he was excellent. He was everywhere. He was covering like, every blade of grass and that kind of attacking third for us, really, but blocking off all the passing lanes. And I thought, ah, he's a good player. You know, there's something in there. But the more I've seen him, especially in the domestic games, I think we don't need him because... In the big games and in Europe, which is where he's played most, we're under more pressure than we are domestically. And his work rate could be brilliant for us in the midfield. Just, uh, you know, as you said, blocking the lane, stopping the passes, forcing opposition back. Domestically, we need to be more on the front foot and going forward. Yeah. McGregor can play a good sideways pass. So can O'Reilly when, he, when he's got it. Iwata does it. We don't need another one that plays mainly sideways passes or back passes. And that's what Bernardo does. And that's why we probably haven't seen him as much domestically because he doesn't suit the game here, which puts a question mark over why we've brought him in in the first place. Because mm. he's only going to make an impact in six, maybe eight games in a season. Yep. So I'm on, the, I'm on the fence with him. But I can see why we'd be giving him minutes now when we've got the Rangers game coming up next because he'll probably, that would be a game that will suit him because that's as close as we'll get to a European type game in the domestic game. So I can see why he's playing him, but he's coming in to fill that Hatati jersey. Now when Hatati's back and he's fully fit, there's only one man I want in that jersey. 
and it's not Bernardo. So would you spend the six or seven million pounds that's been quoted for him in the summer to bring him in like we did with Jota? For me, it's a no. So you'd be as well in January cutting him loose. Thanks very much. Go out in style with a big performance against Rangers on the 30th. Cut him loose and then bring somebody like Holm or Iwata and develop those guys and give them the games because I think they're more our future than Bernardo is. There are players. And the thing with um, Odin Holm and Tomoki Awata is um, I think they've got brilliant defensive qualities, but we've also seen offensively that they're able to link up that play. They're able to, I mean, Awata um, scoring that goal against Hearts was, was a good reminder of the fact that, you know, going forward, he is quite comfortable. David Turnbull is almost a forgotten man. Jerry, we talk about that first game against Dundee this season. Uh, Turnbull scores the opening goal that day. Even to this day, you know, when you're looking at the minutes that he's played, the goal contributions that he's been involved in, um, most fans of a Scottish football club would love to have a player like David Turnbull in their squad, yet he's struggling to keep out a kid from Benfica Reserves who's not even our player. It's a massive concern and it doesn't bode well going into January. By the way, I think Kev makes a great point there. We're playing the team as close to possible as the team that will line up against Rangers. So I get why Bernardo's playing. I absolutely get that, because you need somebody to nullify any kind of threat that Rangers are going to have. There's no doubt about it. So I totally get it, Kev. It's a great point. But it, it does concern me about David Tumble. I've got to be honest, Jerry. Yeah, we've, it's, we've been having this conversation for a long time now, haven't we? It was yeah. on your list of 10 to go at the start of the season. and then it, it, it was skills. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I take it back. I take it back. <laughs> Aye. So, I, I think, you put me off there. What was that said? Aye. Bernardo, I think, great point that Kev's making as well, like you said, putting him in, obviously, before the Rangers game. Um, with Bernardo, I, I think that he'll, he'll go away again. When it comes to all these midfielders, the fact is that we can't even choose like who we like the best means that I don't think any of them are good enough to to do it in the long run for Celtic. David Turnbull, getting back to who you were talking about originally, he frustrates me a lot because he does have that potential, but at times he just doesn't do it. And like you said, any other club in the SPL would would bite your hand off for them. And a lot, maybe a lot of the clubs in the Championship don't think he's Premier League standard. So I think he needs to move on to, better, to further his career. It's going to be stop-start all the time. If you've got a great player in your team, you're never questioning them like this. You're yeah. never, we're never questioning Matt O'Reilly like this. We're never questioning Callum McGregor will dip in form at times, but we're never that as frustrated. The sign of great players, you don't question them like this, and we're doing that with what four out of four of our mid central midfielders. Mm-hmm. It's just for having to talk about them that much. It answers the question. We need to get rid of a lot of them and and bring in who Brendan wants in January. I genuinely think we're going to see one of the biggest clearouts we've seen in the history of a January transfer window. I believe that. I've heard a few rumours. I'm not saying who from, but I have heard some rumours that there's going to be a massive clearout and also that priority is a striker in January. Mm. Never because reveal of the your source. Never reveal your source, Jerry. Rule number one. Well, it's the same source that told me Fran Alonso was staying put, but we'll see. Oh, farewell, Fran, by the way. Farewell, Fran. I I think we'll, we'll talk in more depth about that during the week. 
definitely Aye. because he deserves he deserves a bit of chat. Uh, does Fran Alonso thought he'd done a brilliant job? Um, but no, you're spot on with that, and uh, we're going to have the same kind of debate about the defence and and the forward line before we go to kick off. Uh, but in relation to what you were saying um, about the, the the midfielders, I think oh, he's shown enough. One for the future, happy with him as a pr- development player. Absolutely, see why we bought him. Um, Awata and Turnbull. I think the gaffer's come in and doesn't particularly rate either of the two of them, but the, the two of them have approached it in a different way. So Turnbull's got the petted lip, toys at the pram, that kind of thing, giving it all that when he scores a goal. Whereas Awata is completely low maintenance whenever he's asked to play, he comes in and he makes an impact. So I think you've got two kind of sides of a coin there with regards to the way that... And what will probably happen is, come February, only one of the guys will be a Celtic player and it'll be the one who's got less ability. It'll probably be a matter who I think's a, a, a decent enough player. Uh, I think he's player. becoming a bit of, sorry for interrupting. I think is becoming a bit one of those cult figures at Celtic because to mm-hmm. me, I don't see anything he's ever done wrong. And I'd want to see I want to see him get a real run. And anytime he comes in, I think I don't know. He does well. He does. Um, but yeah, there you go. I think Turnbull, time's up for the boy. Listen, we might be calling on him at half time. How often have we done that? Bring Turnbull want to get a goal. Um I want to talk about defence. Very interesting conversation. Before I do that, by the way, just to show that, see when people come in here and they're absolutely like balanced and they want to have a chat about football and they don't actually support Celtic, I'm all for it, right? Uh, a good example of that is Niall Fraser, who comes in here, Dundee fan, almost 60-year-old in Hong Kong, loves Celtic, but not as much as the D, obviously, the truth. Uh, hope we get a point. Well, good luck, but I hope you don't, Niall, but thanks for joining us. <laughs> <again, laughs> Uh, but, it, I mean, we do get people, I've seen Dundee United fans, Hibs fans coming in, and they want a bit of chat about the football. Absolutely all for it. If you're coming in on Boxing Day and you're a Rangers fan, seriously, go and have a look at your life. Um, RL77. Hmm? I don't even know if they're playing today. Just See, I like that difference. attitude. I like that attitude, Jerry. You don't even know because you don't care. You don't care. It's no. all about Celtic. Exactly. The team has some obvious weak points, but that bench is far from inspiring. I do agree with that. Um, that there, there is uh, a few players, there are a few players, rather, who you think if, if it's not going to wake if you can call upon, or gives you that physicality up top, gives you a different dynamic to Kyogo. You could even play the two of them on the same pitch. Um, you know, heaven forbid. Um, and, and you've got Turnbull. You know what Turnbull does. You, you bring him on, he can score a goal at nothing 25 yards out, can hit a free kick. You get all that kind of stuff. Um, Yang, I think Yang's a tricky player. I don't think um, he's there yet. He's one For me, he's, he's one with bags of potential. Uh, but can he change a game? We've seen him doing it. We've seen him doing it uh, in recent weeks. He came on as a substitute. Uh, he done really, really well. Kind of turned the game on its head. Um, was that St Mirren? At Celtic Park, uh, we were watching the game. Celtic Park, and he came on. He's done really, really yeah, well. It was I? Um, Aberdeen at Potodre earlier on in the season came on, set up the third goal that really put us on easy. <laughs> so he's got it. Um, the other two, of course, would be Forrest and Johnston, and we could debate their merits all day long. I want to talk about the defence for a second here, and I posed the question to the the Axom troops. I said, right. Um, after Scales, he scored that second goal against Livingston, right? It was the only thing really missing from his season this season. Liam Scales has played, I think from memory, 23 to 26 games, I think I said, Kev. 23 to 26 games for Celtic this season. He's broken into the Ireland international setup, and not just as a fringe player. He's broken in and made a, a really decent impact with the Ireland international side, and hopefully that continues with the new gaffer uh, when Stephen Kenny is replaced. 
he's gone from being in the Aberdeen team, beaten by Darville in one of the biggest Scottish footballs, if not the biggest Scottish football upset of all time, to winning man of the match against Feyenoord in the Champions League. Uh, the resurgence has been Ralston-esque and I regret putting him on the 10 players I would get rid of at the beginning of the season. But I pose the question, Kev McCluskey, I'll come to you first. If Navrosky had come in, played 23 to 26 games for Celtic, scored against uh, Livy, man of the match against Feyenoord, broke into the international team, would we be saying value for money? First off on that one, maybe Liam Scales read the blog and that gave him the motivation for the season. Aye, that's why we did it. And, and that's why he's having the campaign he's having. And maybe he needs to show it to David Turnbull as well so that he can, True. you know... Ah, but David Turnbull would just give me the fingers on his team. Aye. Aye, probably. <laughs> no, that's probably. In case you're wondering, it's the Grinch. Love it. Keep it fast. Oh, this is absolutely. Yeah, so I, I pose that. I think it's a good debate to have, right? Because then people say, so you telling me Liam Scales a £4.3 million footballer? That's not really what I'm saying. What I'm saying to you, if if, if the big fella um, who was signed from Legia Warsaw came in and was putting in that kind of uh, performance and had that impact, we wouldn't be grumbling about his transfer fee. You would not, no. So I'm on, I'm on the opinion of, as well that at the start of the season, and I've said it before, if anyone had offered us half a million for scales, I would have mm-hmm. said cheerio or I wouldn't have batted an island. And then let's say that happens and Navrotsky comes in, like you say, four and a half million pounds and has the season that scales is having. I think, it's, I think that is money well spent because I think he comes in and he's almost, um, and I'm sure Alan Morrison has either put this out uh, in the public domain, or certainly shared it within the Axon chat group, that um, Scales' stats for the season are pretty much on a par with Cal Starfelt. Uh-huh. So he has stepped up to be Starfelt's like-for-like replacement, and that's what we wanted from Nervotsky. So if we spent £4.5 million pound to replace Starfelt, and it worked, you'd be pretty happy. So, yeah. You know, yeah, if we were signing skills for four and a half million or the player that comes in to replace um, Starfield for four and a half million and you've got that replacement and he's a good player, you're happy. Do I rate or would I value skills at four and a half million? Probably not, because I was happy to let him go for half a million in the summer. And has he jumped up to be worth four and a half million by now? No. Is anybody else going to pay four and a half million for Liam Scales? No, because they look at his background and go, he came for Shamrock Rovers, he's only had six months in the Celtic team and so on. But you get a couple of millions for him now. And if he keeps on in this trajectory, you never know. Like he might become a four, four and a half million pound player. Aberdeen managed to get four million for Scott McKenna. So, you know, nothing's impossible. But um, <laughs> he's absolutely he's absolutely been a top, top player for us this season. Some team in Argentina uh, yeah, managed if, to get 3.75 for Alexandro Bernabe. Exactly. So there you go. If that's your barometer, then I skills is worth £5 million. <laughs> Listen, valuations you could debate all day. It all comes down to um, how desperate a team is to, to sell, how desperate a team is to buy. Um, but the, the point remains, Jerry. he's done so well, has big skills. And I think that uh, the left-hand side of the defence is the weak area, uh, in actual fact. You know, contrary to everything we've just said there, it is the weak area and it's no help by 
the perfor- defensive performances we've been getting from Greg Taylor uh, on a regular basis. But I've got to say against Livingston, Greg Taylor, for me, and, and it wasn't a defensive performance by him, by the way, I thought he had a very good game, but mainly offensively. I thought he was very good. He was uh, linking up play really well. He thinks he's a bit of a midfielder. He does have that habit uh, blocking the lanes that that uh, Kev was talking about earlier on. Um, he does that for us rather than for the opposition. Bernardo's good at doing it for the opposition. Um, but no, I, I do think credit where credit's due. We've we seen a different approach. We've seen him overlapping Palmer constantly. And Palmer was, was playing him through on the overlap. Taylor was pinging the ball in low and hard, as we know. Kyogre likes it that way. Um, and Palmer himself, even <laughs> Palmer, I, I know what you're thinking, Jerry. Come on. Yeah, that's filth. Uh, Palmer, Palmer was hitting the byline himself, getting the ball across, um, even though it's clear that he is far more comfortable cutting inside, pinging the ball and dinking it into the ball. So I just wanted to say that Taylor has had a lot of stick uh, this season on the Axon channel, and I thought he played really well against Lovey. Mm. Yeah, you've got to give credit when it's due. It has been frustrating throughout the season, but he's also given us so much in the seasons before that as well. What I've not liked seeing coming into his game, I don't know if you've noticed, the whole blame game. He seems to be kind of giving pelters to, to other players a lot of the time. Uh, well, I mean, it's really getting to me and it's thinking, right, I kind of do that. See, when you're annoyed at yourself, sometimes you kind of maybe lash out at others. But Even when nobody else is in the room, Jerry. I mate, I, I, <laughs> you, know me, you know me well, mate. You know me well. So he's like you said on uh, a couple of shows ago when I was watching. Taylor's basically a Anthony Ralston, isn't he? He's there. He'd be a great backup to come on. You would be happy knowing that he was there to come on for someone. But he's we do need a left back in. Um, but that's not taken away from anything that he's done for the club. And I know people go into the comments and say it's unfair and stuff, but I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying if we want to move forward, we've got to replace him. We have to. But it'll be a great great backup. And uh, he seems a good guy. And you can never fault him for effort. He's breathing out his backside from day, from minute one until the ninth minute. He never, he never stops. So just makes a lot of mistakes. Jerry, I, I he's know. He's not the worst Taylor to have played for Celtic this season, is he, Jerry? Oh, listen, listen, <laughs> I will tell you something. Next season, just watch me fly. Watch me fly. And you should play me up front next time. Just well, we're going to do another game. We're definitely <laughs> going to have another uh, game, 100%. Uh, but I was going to say, yes, was, that, was that a wee pooch that made a yeah, guest appearance there? Right, let me tell you this quickly. So this is, yeah, no, no, this is the missus dog, Miley. Can you? Right, so I'll quickly tell you. So on Christmas Eve, say hello, Miley. She's a big Hoops fan. On Christmas Eve, she ran away. Obviously. right? <laughs> she, ran, she ran away on Christmas Eve, so Megan's wee one was devastated. So we got wee Wido to phone and pretend to be Santa and told the wee one that the dog was away helping Rudolph to deliver all the, like, help him deliver all the presents attached to the sleigh and all that. So she was delighted. So that Wido saved us. Wee Wido saved, saved us. And Christmas was fine, but then still no sign of the dog. And I'm thinking, we've told her Santa's got the dog. Now she's going to hate Santa because the dog's not come back. But last night, the police arrived with the dog. <laughs> a wee Christmas miracle. So I... Phenomenal. This is my everyone. By the way, you've reminded me, big shout out to wee Wido and yourself for 
the Axom Christmas message. That was uh, very well received, Jerry. And you've set a tradition up now. We've got to do it every year, the Axom Christmas message, every single year. So thank you very much for all your hard work and efforts um, in doing that as well. Listen, we'd better go to the action. Um, Dundee versus Celtic. Let's hope that uh, halftime we're talking about a decent first-half performance. Thank you, every single one of you, in the comments section. Pour yourself a sherry. Enjoy the first half, and we'll see you at halftime. Thanks to Kevin McCluskey. And Miley, I'm Jerry Taylor for joining me on a Celtic State of Night. Thanks, on. Cheers, Paul. Network.